Hello, hello, and welcome to The Mental Matchup, a podcast where we hope to shed light on one of the hardest competitions an athlete will ever face, the matchup against their own mind. I'm Kat, and this week we are joined by Abby Salila. Abby is a current student-athlete at Clarkson University in Potsdam, New York, and plays women's lacrosse. Throughout her career, she has suffered multiple injuries that affected her ability to participate in the sport and also contributed to mental health struggles. During the episode, Abby opens up about these difficult times and how she ultimately overcame her injuries and and continue to manage her injuries and the mental health struggles that accompanied them. Abby also wrote a great piece for us titled Progress Isn't Linear that's featured on the Mental Matchup Story site. I am so excited for everyone to hear this episode and listen to Abby's story. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Abby, thank you so much for coming on the Mental Matchup. I am really excited to have you on and chat with you. To kick us off, can you share a little bit about who you are, where you are, and what you do with the audience? Yeah, um, so I'm originally from Massachusetts. Um, I grew up in a really tiny town about an hour west of Boston, Um uh, currently, I'm at Clarkson University. I'm studying psychology. Um, I'm a junior. Uh, and I just, uh, oh my God. Um, All right. Sorry, you're, like no, you're fine. I get <laughs> it. Let's, no, let's like ask another question. Um, where, so you're from Mass, you play lacrosse. What other sports did you play? Was it always lacrosse? I mean, I live in Boston now, so I feel like big hockey region. (laughs) Like, what other sports were you playing? Um, I grew up playing, like, a bunch of different sports. Like, my parents kind of just threw me into anything they could just so I could, like, socialize with other kids and just, like, stay active. Um, I did – I played field hockey along with lacrosse most of my life. Another, I used to play basketball, didn't love it. I did tennis for like a day one year when I was like in middle school because I thought it'd be fun because I was really good at Wii tennis. Um, I did soccer for a little bit, um, swimming, and I also did Irish step dancing for like 10 years step dancing wow yeah like irish step dancing that's pretty cool it was really traditional though it's not like the whole get up that a lot of people see it was very like low-key traditional i'm intrigued um (laughs) i'm intrigued but i won't go down that route because i'll probably ask way too many questions that people aren't interested in um okay so it sounds like a lot of sports a lot of staying active different things cleats on your feet sneakers on your feet at what point did you decide or like make a conscious decision to kind of dive into lacrosse and, you know, play collegiately, maybe not even play collegiately, but 
play more competitively? Yeah, so freshman year of high school, um, I really didn't want to play basketball. Um, That was like my winter sport in between field hockey and lacrosse season. So I kind of needed to fill it with something. Um, I was thinking about doing indoor track. And then my parents were like, no, we're not going to go watch you at those long meets. It's going to be not entertaining for us. So I was like, okay, what about like club lacrosse? (laughs) So I talked to my parents about that for a little bit. And then ultimately decided that I really like was thinking about maybe playing in college freshman year of high school. Like I was interested in it and my high school team wasn't that great. Um, I went to a technical high school, so all of our sports teams were not like super duper good. Like we weren't a sport focused type of school. Um, So if I wanted to play or have a chance of playing collegiately, I had to play club. So um, I decided to do club um, freshman year of high school, started that winter. Got it. So started that winter and like what was I guess what was your recruiting journey like like loaded Um, question I feel like everyone's recruiting (laughs) journeys are so different yeah um so I like obviously freshman and sophomore year I was just kind of like building up on skills um that I couldn't learn through my high school because again like my high my high school coach didn't even play lacrosse so she didn't really know what she what she was doing um So I did, it was just a lot of skill building. I had to do like emails, like every weekend I would just sit and like write emails, film. Um, And then COVID happened and it was definitely a little weird in that aspect. Um, I never really got to do any official like overnight visits. I kind of was just communicating um, to coaches through zoom or facetime or phone call email so everything was like very virtual um i was lucky enough that i was able to visit clarkson um in person before i decided to commit here um and talk with some of the girls on the team as well so um yeah it was just it's definitely a long process and it's different for everyone but covid definitely made it like really really like virtual communication yeah I yeah I feel like that you're like recruiting class probably had a hard time like actually knowing what they were gonna get at some of these oh, schools yeah. because even my sister was in college at the time of COVID playing and like her experience was so different even from like spring freshman year through like the end of sophomore year with just all of the measure like protective measures they were taking and so I can't imagine like having someone who is touring or looking at the school and what like that's not a priority at the time for the school because they're just making sure their student athletes are safe so that's that sounds crazy um before we get into kind of school and you know why you picked where you are now what was your mental health like growing up and what were conversations around mental health like um so growing up um both of my parents they weren't really like 
very open about that type of thing. Um, we just didn't really talk about talk about it that much because me and my sister like didn't really have like a lot of issues growing up. We were pretty happy kids. Um, had a good good childhood and whatnot. Um, after COVID had hit, though, I definitely like myself was feeling a little bit like anxious in a way just um with like what was going on right in the world and like the fear of the unknown and it was I didn't really voice anything about it because like everyone was going through it at the time everyone was just stuck at home doing nothing so it again like we didn't really I didn't really talk about my mental health until like I got into college and collegiate athletics so it sounds like there maybe were some things in the background, in the back of your mind, but not necessarily, you weren't necessarily talking about them or even like recognizing that maybe they were there. It just felt like, well, every, it's a weird time. Everyone's going through these things. Like, it's fine. Is yeah. that? Okay. Um. So then I guess walk us through like, you get to school, you're, what year did you start? like in the fall um so I came to Clarkson fall 2021 that was my first semester of college so you're still kind of in it's not like peak COVID but like it's still yeah probably have some remnants of like oh yeah the online virtual stuff and like the people are yeah we were definitely we definitely like some of our classes like would be kind of hybrid in a way like everyone still had to wear masks no matter where you you went like you could only get into like your dorm building so if you wanted to like go visit a friend in another dorm building they would have to come and let you in wow Um, like still like masks in the gym in the training room um at the hockey games that we have like it was mass for a little bit yeah so coming into it like it definitely was like still kind of like COVID era but it was definitely like a little bit more relaxed because people were still like they were starting to like go out again like on the weekends and stuff so got it okay so what was I guess your foray into collegiate lacrosse what was the first semester like the first year like uh, my first year wasn't bad. I actually adjusted pretty pretty well for um a freshman. It definitely was weird jumping from like high school club lacrosse to collegiate lacrosse, just seeing that difference in pace and like just overall talent on my team. Um so I definitely wasn't used to that. I was a little little bummed out after fall ball freshman year because like at home, like I was kind of like up there in ranking and then I come in as a freshman and it's like I get zero playing time. But that's pretty typical with most freshmen for collegiate athletics. But I just wasn't used to that, I think. Um, but yeah, my first year was pretty, pretty good. We had a decent season. Um I definitely like grades for me like they weren't bad but they could have definitely been better my freshman year um just 
did a, did a little bit too much focusing on other things rather than academics at some points, but it definitely wasn't bad. Um, sophomore year is kind of where things started to hit the fan, um, just because I, at that point, like I had hit injury as soon as I came in for fall ball sophomore year. What kind of injury? Um, so at the time it was in my low back, I was having a lot of pain in my low back and it was like going down my legs. Um, like I was really uncomfortable when I would like go to sit. Um, like I couldn't stand for long. I couldn't sit for long. Like I can, I couldn't even like lay on my back because there was a lot of pain with it. Um, and I didn't really think much of it when I first did it because I was at lift and we were like, just like doing squats or something and I felt it and I was like that's like it feels sore so I wasn't paying too much attention to it until we had we had a fall ball practice that night and I went and I jumped and I like landed and pivoted and I just like pain shot right down my legs and I was like something's something's not right so went to the trainer we thought it was a muscle injury um so she was just like we're just gonna chill chill out like um we'll see like kind of just take fall wall off type of thing um so I was out for pretty much all of fall ball I think I joined for like the last practice for like shuttle drills or something um but over was- time before we even get into after that what was your mental health like being told basically one of the you know first say first week you get back you're out and you're not back in and lacrosse is such a big part of your life and your experience at school like what was your mental health initially like throughout that time that first like I feel like it didn't even hit me until I went to the trainer too. Like I knew something was wrong and I knew like I shouldn't be doing certain things. Like even before I went to the trainer, like I just knew something was not right. And it didn't really hit me until my trainer was like, yeah, like you need to like take a couple weeks off. Like you probably just need to take the rest of fall ball off. And I've never had like a super serious injury. Um, Like even in high school, like, I the worst injury I had in high school was I sprained my ankle and I was out for like two or three weeks for field hockey so it wasn't even that big of a deal but I just like being told I wasn't allowed to play after like just having summer and like working out and like you know getting ready for this fall ball season and like ready to like be an up like a not an upperclassman but like not a freshman anymore like having all that excitement and progress being taken away just it was a sucky feeling I remember calling like my dad he's a physical therapy assistant so I called him and I was crying on the phone to him about it and I was like I don't know like what do I do like I need your advice like I don't know what's wrong with my back no one really knows and he was like well just listen to the trainer and gave me a few things to do to see if it would help it so Um, But yeah, definitely it was a hard hit. Um, I didn't try to think too much of it. I tried to stay positive. A lot of my teammates were trying to help me stay positive too. Like I'd go to practice and I'd still like hype everyone up, make everyone laugh. Um, Just try to keep my mind off of it as much as I could. 
Gotcha. And then what was that healing process like for your back? Like when were you ultimately kind of cleared to, to get back into it? So, um, throughout like the couple like months, cause we do fall ball, like all in September, we do all of our practices then. Um, so like the rest of the semester I had been like slowly, like I went to physical therapy. So I was working on that. I would go to treatment pretty much every day just to either do my PT or get like treatment done. Um, I, it was, it was slow for sure. Like I remember going to team lifts and everyone would be doing like deadlifts or Bulgarian squats. And then I was over like on the turf doing like cat camels, like <laughs> just to get my mobility done for the day. So I, I slowly started like healing as the months went by. Um, before we went home for Christmas break, I really started like kind of getting back, like with weights and stuff. I was getting closer to like my regular weights before my injury. So I was pretty excited about that. Um, and then, oh, I, I didn't really get cleared to do anything necessarily until we came back from Christmas break in January. Um, but as soon as I got cleared, I re-injured my back. So. <laughs> what happens next? You re-injure your back? Are you out again? Are you in again? How's so, your mental health? This time around, um, like I knew what happened. Like when I, I figured out like how I re-injured my back, I was just, doing a deadlift and I think I was just feeling so overconfident about the weight I could do and I was just like so, like adrenaline rushing I was like oh I could totally do more weight and I just went for it and I felt it wasn't necessarily like a pop but I definitely felt something something was like moving Not in my good. back <laughs> yeah so I just dropped the bar and my Ugh. teammates looking at me and she goes what's wrong and I was like I just totally messed up my back again. Um, so went to the trainer this time and then she was like, okay, let's get an MRI this time around. So I ended up getting an MRI and they were like, yeah, your disc is herniated. Like you're going to have to like just no. chill out for another couple weeks. So yeah. And it was pushing like the reason like I was having pain in my legs was because the disc was pushing like on my sciatic nerve. So, yeah, it was just once I heard that, I was like, so I was so mad. I was like mad at myself just for like trying to hit that weight that I wanted to. And like, just I was pretty much just mad at the world. Like anything anyone could have told me, like I was just I was just pissed off. I didn't want to like interact with people. I was like just so ready to finally get back into it. And now I got to like go through another whole process of like, you know, PT and stuff. Um, so that, that definitely sucked, um, coming back, but, um, I was able to work through that a bit and cleared to do like a few drills for once we started preseason. So I was happy about that, but in terms of mental health, um, like 
again, like I was just so confused on why that had to happen to me again and why I had to go through this whole like agonizing process again of PT and treatment every day. And you know, I was talked to my parents and my dad was like, yeah, it's just something you're going to have to like live with for the rest of your life. Like it's not it, like you could re-injure it kind of like at any time. So whatever you're doing, like you just got to make sure you're constantly doing this stuff to keep it stable. But I was definitely, I was definitely angry, more angry, but trying again to stay looking at the light at the end of the tunnel, which was at least doing, starting preseason. We're going to take a quick break and we'll get back to Abby in a moment. I'd like to take a second to talk about Morgan's message, without whom this podcast would not be possible. Morgan's message was founded in July of 2020 to honor Morgan Rogers, who was a beloved daughter, sister, and fiercely loyal friend. Morgan's message strives to eliminate the stigma surrounding mental health within the student-athlete community and equalize the treatment of physical and mental health in athletics. We aim to expand the dialogue on mental health by normalizing conversations, empowering those who suffer in silence, and supporting those who feel alone. To get involved, to find out more, or to just see what we're up to, you can head to morgansmessage.org or on Instagram at morgansmessage. Let's get back to Abby. So you injured again, feels like, you know, you're somewhat positive, but just like annoyed, frustrated. When, what, like, what's the timing like with, you know, do you get cleared by preseason, ready to go for a season? Um, um, so I ended up, my trainer, I took pretty much like all of, January off and we weren't doing anything preseason in January um it was like just team lifts and stuff like that so my trainer was just like just do mobility do your PT at lift again so I wasn't missing a lot of lacrosse stuff um besides the few captain's practices that we had um so it wasn't it wasn't like season had started yet I I was pushing through and I like convinced the doctor that I had that I could at least do like straight line running drills, like just something to get my stick in my hand and feel like I'm doing something. Like I didn't even, I didn't even care about doing contact drills at that point. I was like, I just want to be able to like pass and catch at a fast pace. So she was like, okay, like you can do like non-contact drills, like, and drills that don't involve like a lot of like twisting my back. And I was like, okay. So I was cleared to do that for preseason. We have our first preseason practice beginning of February. 
I want to say. Um, we're doing shuttles and I remember just going to, I'm like running towards this pass and then I just get hit in the side of the head with a ball and I was like, I just no. like went down for a second and I was like, I could hear ringing in my ears and I was like, oh God, like here we go again. So at first I thought I was fine. I went to the trainer. She asked me like the regular protocol concussion questions. Oh, what day is it? When's your birthday? Yada, yada. And I answered them all and I felt fine. So I get ready to do the next drill because it's just another passing drill. And like halfway through the lights in the um, indoor turf we were on just started to look like my eyes were super sensitive. And I just remember like my head started hurting and I was like, God damn it. Like, <laughs> of course. So I go back to the trainer and she goes, um, throw this ice on your head for now. Maybe like, maybe it's just really a bump and come see me tomorrow. And I was like, okay. So I sit for the rest of practice and like, it's so noisy in this like small indoor turf we're on and the noise was bothering me. The lights were bothering me. I went back to my dorm room that night and I just slept. And then the next morning I woke up and I was like, yep, I definitely think I have a concussion. So then I was out again for like, I think it was like two and a half weeks. So pretty much the rest of preseason. Um, yeah. Concussions are oh. tough. I mean, injuries are tough in general. Concussions are, you know, tough. I also think your brain, it's scary when your brain's not working. Like I think body part, not saying like one's, worse than the other whatever for me personally I've always been like I'll always have my brain like lacrosse will end at one point like protecting my brain protecting my mind is very important for the rest of my life um and I think there's all these studies and examples now of like multiple concussions and football players and there's some really really scary examples of what can happen if you don't take care of your brain and if you continue to play when it's when you're con- whatever whatever like you get kind of get what i'm saying so yeah, yeah i can imagine that's like extremely scary also frustrating because you just are getting back you're so what what did your life look like after those like you know two weeks of kind of like sitting in a dark room healing how's your mental health because like your brain's directly like yeah. you know yeah <laughs> so, yeah um... I definitely, like, those few, like, weeks I was, like, like, the first week I was just, like, stuck in my dorm room, and um, my sophomore year, I had a single, so even if, like, I had, my teammates lived, like, right next to me, but they were all, like, in our library area, like, doing work during the day, and I was just, like, sitting in my room alone, Um, and it was definitely, I think that's, when like my mental health wise like started to slowly go downhill um I was again like I was upset about not being able to play again and just being alone like my friends obviously my teammates they would text me or they come in to my room to check on me ask me if I need anything but like 
I already don't feel great because I'm concussed. So I like, like, I want to interact socially, but like my brain is too tired to do it. And I think definitely like I started feeling like, like depressive symptoms, like, um, just sleeping was one of my big ones. I would sleep way too much during the day. Not that during my concussion, like, obviously you want to sleep, but like after that, even like I was just sleeping way too much during the day. I started not going to classes. Um, I would kind of just like self-isolate in my room because I didn't want to like talk to people or I didn't want to like just I just wanted to be alone almost like that's I feel like that's how my brain felt so like that's how it like projected like I just decided to self-isolate because in my head I felt alone um but yeah definitely i eating too eating was rough for me um I would either like overeat some days and then there's was some days that I would wouldn't eat until like after practice wow um what did you so I guess like with with that and you know isolation kind of like were you reaching out to get help did you even know really what was going on like can you take us back to like I don't know what you were thinking that moment and also ultimately how you were able to get help and pull yourself out of that that dark headspace yeah so um I kind of just went through like the rest of lacrosse season I didn't really say anything to my teammates like I didn't I didn't, I hate asking for help. I grew up hate asking for help. Like I was just that kid that was, if I was going to do something, I was going to do it on my own. I was going to get through it on my own. And then like, no one was going to help me. Like it was going to be all me. So just the idea of like reaching out for help, even though like we have, like I have plenty of other teammates who struggle with mental health issues as well so like I knew in the back of my head like no one's you're not gonna be judged like no one's gonna say anything or ridicule you or anything like that it was just I think it was more of a me holding myself back um and then I didn't really know how to ask for help we had um a student commit suicide on our campus um at the end of April last year. Um, and it definitely like was a little bit triggering. Um, just because like, when you think like, I was thinking to myself, like, did, do I feel like a similar way? Do I like, what was that kid think? Like what was in that kid's brain that made him want to do, make him want to do that. But in back of my head, I was like, it's like, I've, I've thought about that. Like, that's not, it's like, I don't know. It was just very weird, eerie feeling. Um, and then we had like right after a few weeks after that, maybe like a week or two after that, we had our Morgan's message dedication game for our lacrosse team. 
and just a lot of talk about like mental health and stuff like that was coming into light for the team and like it was just that with the mix with the suicide that we had on campus it was just like a mix of like everything and I kind of just like ended up breaking down one day um I was in my dorm room it was like right before finals were starting and I was just like alone in my dorm room and I started freaking out like I don't I say it was a panic attack to this day I really don't even know what it was I kind of just was like freaking out I was texting my friends because they were doing work in our library area and I was like I I need someone to come down like now like I don't like I think I need to go to the emergency room and they were like why and they just came down and I like just started sobbing for no real reason and then my parents ended up having to drive six hours to upstate New York because I was just not doing okay so I think that's when like it wasn't me like necessarily asking for help I think it just got built up to a point where I just broke down and like knew I needed to just say needed to say something I mean one what an awesome support system you have like your parents getting in a car and driving six hours um and like friends and whatnot thank you for sharing all that I know sometimes it can be hard to like relive like you know put it to words like what you were experiencing and so I'm very appreciative of that I I am curious like you know you have this like almost like breakdown moment like straw that broke the camel's back and you're you you know you've been holding on to all these things and then all of a sudden it's like the damn breaks what happens next like what you know you you go like what really is this the catalyst for like the healing journey and what does that healing journey look like what do the tools that you incorporate into your life to manage your mental health look like like give me all of it yeah so um definitely was the catalyst um I remember my parents coming up we had like a two-hour conversation just like about what was going on and like why I was feeling this way and like what are we gonna do to like like what are we gonna do for you to like help you get through it so um even like my extended like family like my aunt works um she does mental health work so she knew like a lot of counselors and stuff so she set me up with um one of her colleagues um who worked with a lot of college students so I went home I got through the rest of my finals that I had to get through. And then my mom took me home. Um, and maybe a week later, I was starting therapy. Um, and I didn't, the, I remember my first therapy session, like, I had never like, thought about really doing therapy or anything. And I was just sitting in there. And I was just like, fidgeting like no other just sitting there I didn't really even want to talk my first like appointment like I didn't know what to do 
So I kind of just like sat there for most of it and like just answered yes or no questions. But um, as summer went on, like I was doing therapy weekly um, and I saw like I ended up contacting my doctor and she was like, oh, well, maybe we need to start you on some medication um, just to see if it'll help a little bit more. Um, so I started taking antidepressants and which definitely helped a lot throughout the summer. Like I could definitely tell there was like a difference just of not feeling like depressed all the time. Um, and my anxiety was definitely starting to get better. Um, I'm a very like super anxious person. My mom now that I know is this very super anxious person too so um I was definitely it was definitely helping with my anxiety the medication and the therapy um I started actually listening to the mental matchup like when I would go to the gym because I was like oh I'm wondering like I wonder like what these stories are like about and if there's any other tools that I don't know about that could help me so I started listening to it when I would go to the gym and the gym actually became like one of my biggest tools this summer was just like going to work out um, and getting moving, moving. And I tried like I would pick up my stick during the summer, but I just like the gym, like I went to work, lived at the gym, came home, like showered, whatever, like gym was definitely my tool. Um I also do, like, I did, like, a lot of reading and, like, journaling, too, um, or even not, like, traditional journaling, like, just typing in, like, a Google Doc on my computer. Like, if I was feeling something, I would just go and type it. Um, but, yeah, it was definitely, like, it's still an ongoing process. Um, i been like seeing the counselors at school here um we just got um a sports psychologist so that's pretty cool considering that's something that's awesome. like I want to do that so I thought it was really cool um but yeah just it's always a work in process I still have days where I feel not so good so I just try to like use my tools if I have to text my therapist at home I text my therapist at home um or I call my mom and I just say mom I'm not having a great day and she helps me through it or I talk to my sister or I've learned that just like going to someone and talking about it definitely like it puts it out there and then like it's not stuck on your mind so much yeah I also think when you get outside of yourself like when you get your thoughts out of your mind they tend to be like less, less real, which that sounds weird. And I feel like the phrasing isn't quite right. But I guess what I'm saying is a lot of the stories I have in my mind, when I like put them to pen and paper, I say them out loud. I'm like, wow, now that I've said it out loud, like that doesn't actually like make sense. And like, that's not actually what is going to happen. And like, but when I keep it in my head, it's like, no, that's like, such a real thing that's going to happen and you should worry about this or be upset about this and then when I get it out of my my skull I'm like wait wait a second um no which 
which I feel like is like a common theme throughout like these conversations I have about mental health is like we are like we tell ourselves these stories based on like past experiences or or you know our anxiety kind of feeding whatever it is right and then you're like wait you step back you're kind of like huh um and I hate to like say because I'll tell myself like cat that's like silly like not to like minimize or invalidate how you're feeling but like right. really think through this right now like yeah you sometimes know? it's just like so like especially if you're like caught in a moment of like panic or something like I know when I get super anxious I just like, my thoughts just start racing so like if I just take a minute to breathe and like either tell someone like I'll tell my teammates will be like guys I'm feeling super anxious about like this today and they're like why and I'm like I, I don't know why am I feeling anxious about this and they're like well I think they're like sometimes they're like definitely like I think you're just like thinking about it too much like you're overthinking it a little bit like or they'll just talk to me and be like yeah I get why you feel anxious but like you shouldn't you shouldn't feel anxious about this type of thing um but yeah it's just I get what you're saying about like it once you put it out there sometimes you're just like wait a minute this doesn't And it's so helpful. You're like, oh, okay, this is, you know, and some that doesn't work all the time. But like sometimes, right, it's like in those moments, it's nice because it's almost like the sprinkler going off and the fire going out because you're like, oh, okay, like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm safe. This is okay. That was a thought. I put it out there. Yada, yada. Um, We are just about a time. And I want to make sure if there's anything else that you wanted to chat about with your story, your experiences, we talk about it before I ask you a few closing questions. Okay. Um, I think one thing I would just like put out there is that um, something I learned and I'm still learning um, through this journey of healing is that progress isn't linear like you're always like it's not a straight line like you're not gonna just continuously feel good um like again I have days where I feel like getting out of bed is probably gonna be my task for the day um and if I do that great that's what I did I got out of bed and I moved to the couch to go watch my show or something Mm -hmm. great at least you're out of bed. Um, and then there's days where I am able to like do like everything that I needed to do that day. I get through a lot of my homework. I get my studying done. I get, um, I cook dinner for my apartment. Like there's just days where I'm definite, like there's going to be days that are harder than others Mm -hmm. and that's okay. Progress doesn't look the same for everyone. Progress isn't always going to be in that straight line you're going to have ups and downs and but you just have to like remember that there's going to be more ups than there are downs so I think that's so true and I'm going to also add on to that because I'm going to preach a little bit to people listening while also like keeping myself in mind is one thing I've noticed in my life and with some people in my life of like you put in this work and you do this work on your mental health or like you just work with other things in your life, right? Like whether it's school or your job, you name it, whatever, think of an example and you do all this work and then things start to go really well. 
and you're like, they're going well enough that like, maybe I don't need to put in this work. Like, you know what? It can wait. I'll journal tomorrow. Yeah. I'll journal the next day. And then it's like a week, two weeks later, maybe even a few days later. And you're like, oh, I'm back in this like weird place, but it's fine. I've had a really good stretch of days. And the one thing I want to say, and it's like also serving as a reminder to myself is like what you're saying with, you're going to have good days and bad days. You also have to remember, you need to continue to invest in yourself. And whether that's the journaling, whether that's the therapy, whether that's 30 minute walks a day, like whatever it looks like, like that is so important to continue to do to help make sure there are better good days than bad days, or at least set yourself up for success in that sense. Because I think that's one thing I notice a lot in my own life and in in those that I love their lives is like, they get to a good spot and then you're like, oh yeah, like I'm good. And it's kind of like with lacrosse, right? Like, like yeah. pick a sport. It's like you put in all this work and you're not going to one day just say like, oh, I can like slack. Well, most people, right? Like you're not going to be like, yeah. oh, I can slack off because like I'm finally there. It's like, no, you always no. want to be better. Like taking the same approach with your mental health and with other things in your life is so valuable. Um, yeah. So that's my soapbox moment of the episode because <laughs> I think that's something that's been on my mind recently. And so friendly reminder to anyone listening. Um, for closing questions, the first question is if you could go back to one of your kind of darker moments, harder moments, um, what is one thing you wish or you would say knowing what you know now to like that version of Abby? um say something <laughs> simply that I think if I would have been a lot better off if I had just first spoken up about how I felt about with everything that was going on like injury wise school wise how I where I was mentally even if it was to like a teammate or my coach or something I feel like I could have gotten more support and help earlier than when I did um so definitely like my advice to myself would just be like speak up say something it doesn't matter like what other people are gonna think like just say something to help yourself I love that and then my final closing question is what are you most grateful for um definitely uh my support system that I have like my parents my sister my teammates my coaches my trainers um just grateful for all those people that had my back through the tough times the still tough times (laughs) um but they're just like always there for me even my teammate who's studying abroad in Ireland right now that's always texting me I love that. Um, Well, Abby, thank you so much for coming on and sharing, you know, so many vulnerable moments and your experiences. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Another huge thank you to Abby for coming on the mental matchup, not just on our podcast, but also on our stories platform. This 
she's incredible and her story is awesome and you know hopefully give some inspiration some hope something to at least one person listening I think I I am very honored to be able to have these conversations and you know having this conversation really reminded me of why we do these things why we have these conversations why we are working towards destigmatizing mental health and and normalizing right um so abby thank you again for coming on if you are interested she also wrote a great piece titled progress isn't linear which you can find on the mental matchup um if you are listening and you're thinking wow i have a story i want to share or i am interested in hearing about a certain topic please 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 reach out we are always looking for more guests, um, more topics to find guests to speak about and, and all the things. So you can head to morgansmessage.org or you can email submission at morgansmessage.org. And last, but most definitely not least, thank you to Morgan's Message for presenting the mental matchup. I know that Morgan's Message is doing a ton of good in the world and a ton of good within the student-athlete communi- community excuse me, particularly within mental health and athletics. And the podcast is one piece of it, but there's a lot more, um, you know, educational resources. We have an incredible, um, incredible ambassador program in all the things. So if you, if that sparks something to find out more about Morgan's Message, you can head to morgansmessage.org. If you just want to find out more, maybe see what we're about, what we're up to, learn some stuff, you can head to Morgan's Message on Instagram. And with that, I'm going to see you next episode. Thanks for listening.